Hello and welcome to the Formidable Over 40 podcast. I'm Sarah Pittendrig, a mum, award-winning entrepreneur, cancer survivor, mentor and coach. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my own story of bouncing back from rock bottom to finding my why and creating six and seven figure businesses. I'll also be chatting to some truly incredible guests who have harnessed their power and are testament to the ethos of this podcast. You're never too old and it's never too late to achieve your goals and change your life. This episode features Andrew McLean, award-winning best-selling author, journalist and television presenter, including presenting ITV's daytime chat show Loose Women, and Nick Feeney, businessman and serial founder. Husband and wife Nick and Andrea have now founded This Girl Is On Fire, a mindset app for women. This Girl Is On Fire brings together the best mentors, life coaches and motivational speakers in the world to help people find their spark, think differently to change their outlook and grow their confidence. Nick and Andrea share how they are using their own experiences to encourage others to step into their own light and own their journey. They believe changing your life starts with changing your mindset. They will show you how it's all possible with commitment, consistency, and a supportive community. I hope you enjoy listening. Please subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with anyone you think will enjoy it or needs it. Formidable over 40, you're never too old, and it's never too late to design a life you love. Hello, and welcome. (laughs) Well done. That was so good. I think we should leave it there. I know. I know. I was sitting here holding my breath for you because it's so difficult to start off any kind of interview or conversation when you're reading out such a long link like that. Because you'll know this from riding horses. You get to a point where you say, oh, I'm over that jump. Okay, that went okay. Right, I've only got two more to go. Oh, I'm over that jump. Oh, I've only got one more to go. Please don't let me fall on this one. I've done it. I'm over. And the pressure, the you pressure really having well. you in the in the in the interview seat, it's like, oh my lord, couldn't be any worse. <laughs> well, you're good. You're all done now. You're on the home straight. I can breathe. <laughs> I can breathe. I can breathe and hand you it all breathe. over to you two. Yes. So, for our lovely listeners, please share with us what does formidable over forty mean to you both? Gosh. What does it mean? I think it means it means putting down your bag of rocks that you've been lugging about for the past 40 odd years, putting them down, standing up, cracking your back and thinking, right, I'm done with that now. I'm done with carrying all that around. I'm going to do what suits me now. I don't actually really care what you think about me anymore. I don't really even care whether you think this is a good idea or not. I'm going to do it anyway. And this is me speaking as a woman, and I'm formidable over 50 now. But to me, I think the process, <laughs> but I think the process did start in my, in my 40s, where I got to a point where I thought, yeah, I, I, I hear all your criticisms. I hear all the hate. I hear all the doubters. And I'm going to do it anyway. I think to me, that's what formidable over 40 is. What does it mean to you? I- are you scared? You're surrounded by two really feisty women. <laughs> oh, two feisty women. I love it. Two feisty women that I'm very, very fond of. So it, it's, it's, it's all good. I'm a safe hand. Are you just saying that so we'll be nice to you? Yeah. You'll be nice to me. Anyway. <laughs> you know what? I, I think obviously slightly different for me. And I think it's slightly different for men as well in general. Certainly for, for I remember when I was turning 40, that was when I was in the middle of a complete crash of life. Everything changed. My health, 
my wealth, happiness, everything changed for me at 40. I remember when it all happened. And, uh, and this was when I actually, I was 39 and 10 months when I left my, my first marriage. And I said to myself that day that I will do whatever it takes to be a better man every day. And I will grow from this. And so the, my 40s for me is, is just literally about, you know, just being better than I was yesterday and working on myself and, and enjoying the process, just enjoying the challenges, remain curious, get excited. And I, one month away from being formidable, 50 as well. And that excites me. You know, that's a milestone that excites me. I'm looking forward to what that brings. And I just think it is. It's just a, it's a, it's a milestone. It is a measure of time. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about mindset, but it, it's, it's what, what goes on in here that, that's more important than how many milestones you reach. Absolutely. So if we go back in time for a little while and I ask you to describe your 15-year-old selves, because 15 is quite an impressionable age. And how would you describe yourselves as 15? Do you want to go first, Andrew? What were your dreams and hobbies? So when I was 15, well, I was, I was a couple of months away from being 15, but I suppose in my 15th year, we moved back to the UK after living in Trinidad in the Caribbean. And I find it easier to say to people, oh, I grew up in the Caribbean, uh, I grew up in Trinidad, because that's where I spent the bulk of my time. But in reality, we actually moved a lot. And I'd spent my previous years before 15, uh, we'd moved every between two and four years we lived in different countries around the world. We even lived in different different parts of the UK when we eventually settled over here at 15. So me at 15 was a very important moment in, in my life because I moved back to this country, which we had always seen as home when we were living abroad because my parents are Scottish. Uh, I was born in Scotland, but I was a baby when, when we moved away. And I'd always thought of the UK as home. And then at 15, I walked into a secondary school and, and started in the UK and realized this is not how I thought home would feel because I was very different to everybody else. I might have looked slightly the same on the outside, but I had a, a broad Caribbean accent. I had a very different mindset because I had, I had grown up in so many different cultures. I'd had so many different experiences. My mind was already very broad compared to the other kids in my class who'd literally grown up in that village and had never seen anything anything other than it. This was in 1984. So even going on holiday wasn't as an easier thing as it, as it is now. And for me, it started a process of realizing how different I was and understanding that actually my mindset was what was going to get me through it. Now, I knew even back then, I knew even from when I was about nine or 10 that I had a strong mindset and I suppose we can come to that later but I was bullied at school I was bullied for being different I was bullied for I was bullied for trying I, I already had big dreams and ambitions I wanted to be a writer I wanted to be a journalist I wanted to write books I loved drama I loved being in the in the drama site at school I did drama outside of school I was in the public speaking team I was in the debating team basically if this was some kind of high school movie that you saw in America or saw over here, I was the nerd that had a big old target right in the middle of her forehead. You know, um, there were there were moments in 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 my school years where 
uh, I, I used to just sit in the library and I'd sit in the library because it was easier um, because well enough, the bullies don't go to the library. It's not really where they hang out. So I used to sit in, sit in there and it makes it sound terribly sad. I had an attitude of realism to what was happening to me. I thought, I get it why you're picking on me because I must seem so strange to you and it must be quite hard for you to get your head around. I get that. I think you're being ridiculous about it, but I get it. And for me, sitting in the library and reading, <laughs> when I think about it now, I was 15 years old, I was reading Private Eye, Punch, The Independent. I was reading these broadsheet newspapers that no one my age was, was reading. And I was losing myself in a world of people who are so smart and so articulate. And I just, I would, it was like holding my nose and jumping into this amazing place where actually I forgot everything for a little while. And then the bell would ring and I'd have to go to mass and it would all change. Um, but it was, for me, it, 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 it was a moment in my life where I realized this is probably going to keep happening to you. And there are one or two ways that you can react to it. You can either become an absolute little shit like they are, and you can become bullies and you can behave just as badly as that. That's not in my personality. So that was never going to happen. You can fight back and you can be scrapping in the hallway. That's also not my mentality. Or you can just think, do you know what? This too will pass. I am not going to be in this school forever. And actually, I just need to, what do I want to get out of it? I want to get my grades. I want to try and have a vaguely good time. So I'll do the things that I enjoy doing and I'll try and find my little tribe. Unfortunately, when you're being bullied, really hard to find a tribe because no one wants to be associated with you because they get, you know, you get picked on by association. And again, even then I got my head around that. I was like, I'm, I get it. I get why you don't want to hang around with me because if they're not picking on me, they'll pick on you. So it was a mindset that has actually carried me through into my fifties because really nothing changes. When you're a kid, you think, oh, I'll be so much better when I'm a grown up. Oh, when I get better, you know, I'll be able to make my own decisions. And no, you swap school for work, and there'll be somebody there. Uh, you start your own business, there'll be hiccups, there'll, there'll be problems. So actually, in a weird way, not that I'm advocating bullying as a way of helping people grow, I'm glad it happened to me when it did, because it, it built a mental muscle that actually I've kept throughout my, my whole life. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, doesn't mean I like it, but it is just is what it is. That's my thoughts at 50. I was an absolute angel. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It's um, it was an interesting time for me, fifteen, um, because I was summer born. I I left school um, in May, um, uh, and um, so I um, everyone else was turning sixteen and that, and I left at fifteen. But prior to that, just leaving a few months before, I'd got my first sort of proper part time job. And I was working in a hotel. I lived down on a coast in, in Eastbourne and I, and I got a job in a hotel where my brother was working and some friends. And um, just to give you a bit of context, we, we were two blended families. There were eight siblings. Uh, there were times that we either didn't have a lot of money or we had a bit of money. You know, it was very rare we had lots of money. Um, so, you know, being able to go out and actually earn my own money was incredible. I'd already had a paid round, you know, but you only get so much for that. But I then was working two nights a week, 
pretty much all weekend. And I was, I just had this amount of cash at the end of every week. And from walking around with cardboard in my shoes, because I had a hole in them and my mum couldn't afford to get me some shoes, to actually being able to go out and buy the latest trainers that everyone else went and I could only dream of having, um, it was it was a phenomenal time for me. And all I wanted to do was just work. And uh, and because I then left school, I was able to do more uh, full time. And I, and that for me, I'd always obviously wanted to achieve stuff. But I'd already looked outwardly at things that we didn't have as a family and things that I wanted. This was my first experience of, well, work, get some money, get what you want. So I was like, right, well, how can I do more of this? So it was quite an informative time for me around my not so much my career, but around the, well, just putting the effort in, getting a reward and being able to get yourself something. So yeah, my, my 15s were very, very different, but, <laughs> but definitely uh, a very big milestone for me. Yeah. So we touched on mindset. So let's talk about this girl is on fire. So tell us about your business and mindset app. This Girl is on Fire, which you've co-founded together. What is the story behind founding This Girl is on Fire? Well, This Girl is on Fire started off as a really simple online blog. And it came about because uh, I'd written my, my second book. And I, it was the, the first book that I'd sort of written, which was rather than being purely autobiographical, because I'd, I'd written a book previously, but it actually put helpful information out there to women. And it, it, was, it was good, and I knew that it was helping thousands and thousands of women. But I was continuing to, to answer their questions via DMs and, and this sort of thing. And I said to Nick, I've, I've done all this, and now I've typed the end. I don't want it to, to stop. How can I keep serving, really? And so I asked Nick, can you, you know, put a website together? So you... Um, we went to Squarespace and Nick built me a, a website. And then we, and the whole ethos of it was, how can I help women feel better about themselves? You know, and it doesn't matter what age they are. I mean, clearly most of the information I gave was based around the age that I was at the time, which was mid, uh, mid forties. I guess 46, 47. Um, but really it was for, for anybody. And what happened was that, and I was asking friends, uh, then journalists were coming on board and saying, hey, we'd love what you're doing. Can we, can we, you know, write for you? And whilst we were being organically discovered by up to 80 countries around the world and women every, everywhere were coming across us, I had the worst business mindset imaginable, which must have been very frustrating for Nick because I turned down every sponsor and every uh, potential advertiser because I wanted to keep the space clean and pure. I didn't want it to become one of those really irritating websites where there's sponsors popping up. And in the end, you go, you know, what? I don't even care how good this article is. I'm not going to read it anymore. It's just getting on my nerves. Um, but then we, we, we realized we needed to find a way to make ourselves bigger and better so that we could serve more people. But it needed to work in a way that was a business. So how could we do that? We decided to make a community. And why community was so important 
to me as a woman, but also in terms of a, a, a business, you know, people say to me, why should I pay to come on your app when there's so much information already out there for free? Who are you to charge? And my answer to that is because of everything you just said, there is so much information out there across, across the wellness space, across the mental health space, across, you know, every kind of um, mindset uh, bit of information that you can think of is readily available elsewhere. And because of that very reason, you have no idea what is right, what's wrong, who to trust. Is someone just trying to sell you something? You don't need to worry anymore. My reputation is on the line. I've curated it all for you. I have found amazing experts who I just use my, my skill set of quarter of a century of working as a, as a print journalist and an online on television broadcaster. And I interview them. And, you know, in, for me, taking something which is really simple, which is how can I help women feel better about themselves and how can I give them more information? And then putting that second element which is a community, that's what separates us from everyone else. And you'll know, you'll know this, Sarah. The, it's one thing reading a book or reading an article or even listening to a brilliant podcast. You think, that's oh, such a good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement that. Roughly four and a half minutes later, you've forgotten. So what you need to do is surround yourself by people who are on the same journey as you and have the same mindset as you. That's where the community comes in. because you might have missed something and somebody in the group will go, hey, oh my God, I love that bit when they said this. And you'll think, oh, I missed that bit. What was that all about? And it means then you're, you're in a safe space with people who, when you put something out there, like on Facebook or, or what have you, you know that everyone who's going to read it has got your back. No one's going to come along and go, well, it's all right for you. I'd like to do that too, but I don't have the time. Or... Um, you know, you're just so lucky. Everything just lands in your lap. Or all the kind of snarly, gnarly comments that you get with the rest of the world online. With us, it's a safe, safe online space and safe community because everyone is there for the same reason. We want to find ways to feel good about ourselves by changing how we're thinking about whatever it is that we're going through. And it's that simple. And <laughs> I'm saying it's that simple. The premise is that simple. Now Nick is going to come in and, and talk about, because obviously I, I do the interviewing and, and uh, I'm in the app sort of champ, championing the women. Nick does the donkey work. <laughs> <laughs> so you can talk about how, oh, just a simple idea. Can you just make me a website? Can you just build me an app? What it's really like. Do you know what? And I'm, I, I know that we're, we're, we're going to talk about, um, you know, other aspects of business a bit later on, but, you know, I I have I have founded many many businesses and through my time of doing that um I've just learned so many things from them and when Andrea was talking about what she wanted to achieve with this girl is on fire the website bit was easy you know I I'd, I'd done so many I was like yeah I can do that I think I did it in about 3 hours or something like that and um, and then it was like, okay, we, we're going to build, build an e-commerce site and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then actually we're going to start building an app. And I was just, I just didn't even think about, could I do this or anything like that? I was just, okay, well, that's the obvious next step. What do I need to do? And one thing that we are as a couple is, you know, like everybody, we all get problems. 
but we don't spend too much time looking at the problem. It's like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we need to do? Who do we need to get to do this? Uh, and, and that was something that I've just always been really, really good at. And, you know, I was good at learning aspects of what I needed to do to, to get the business to where I needed to, to get it to. And then the bits I didn't know, I knew someone who was very good at doing those things for me. And, you know, another good thing I'm really good at is, you know, we, we, we call uh, me a conductor because I can put a band together and I get everyone to play at the right time you know and uh, and that's what i did you know we started as a one-man band and we had every instrument strapped to us uh and then we started building that orchestra that team that we needed to help us develop to to, to where it is and i just i i've probably still got the same energy that i had when i started my first business to have when i where i am now uh and because whilst it is and i won't swear but whilst it is so frustrating dealing with technology uh, an unprecedented level that i've never really experienced especially when you go but i just want you to put that there and i don't want that to do that okay six months later but it's still doing it uh you know it, and having to learn to let go has it, it, it has been something that i've learned over the last couple of years i've just had to to just completely let go and it will be what it will be, you know, and that's been difficult for me because one of those things that I am certainly in my business life and my, my personal life, I like, I like things in a structure. I like to control things and go right that, 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 that. And when it's completely out, then you just, you know, it was, it was a learning experience, but I love the journey that we've been on with this girl is on fire because it has been so organic so genuine and more importantly it's just been it, it, it fills our cup and it supersedes all the frustration and that that we have because all the stuff that Andrea writes about and puts out all those people that we bring in to talk about subjects that we know are super important to our community and our members you know uh, and then the extra learnings that we do you know we, we're now coaches ourselves we're also doing our NLP coaching accreditation as well. We won't stop there. That We will continue to grow as coaches. Um, you know, our job is learning and paying it forward. Best job in the world. And helping so people get from feeling stuck to feeling alive and, and empowered to go and do what they want to do. It's amazing. And I think that is what just drives us to keep doing what we're doing. You've you've kind of answered a question that was about to come, really, but I'll ask it anyway because there might be more to add. The app is all about building confidence in women and helping them live life to the full. Why is this so important to you both? Because I know how it feels to be stuck. Because I know how it feels to be afraid and overwhelmed and to kind of look around and think, this is to feel choked by the fact that this is not how I thought my life would be. And for me, because, you know, I've had, I've had some fairly big bumps in the road in, in life, you know, and I've had more than others and less than others, but I've had my, I've, I've, I've had, I've had some. And what, what all of those experiences have, have taught me 
whether it's been in my in my personal life or it's been health issues or professional life um each step along the way i've 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 learned something and it's given me more and more tools in my armory and for me it's just so selfish to keep them to myself i want to share them with everyone else and it's the, the way i see it and i at the beginning when i first started this this business I had so much imposter syndrome because I kept thinking, who who am I to stand there and 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 say, oh, this is what you do, you know, to help you? And that was because I thought you needed to be an expert and you needed to know it all. And again, think about a school analogy. It was like I was like a math teacher, and all I kept thinking was, I'm really not very good at math. Um, you know, who am I to to do this thing? And then once I realized that no, all I need to be is a few steps ahead. Oh, game changer. I can do that. I can be a few steps ahead. And all I'm doing is going, hey, I found this great thing. Try this. Hey, I found this great thing. Try this. And in no way am I saying I am now an expert in all things mindset or all things health and wellness and everything else. And once I did that and I started to breathe out, oh gosh, the energy just started to flow. And so for me, the whole reason of doing it is because I've been where you are. I know what it feels like. Let me help you up. Literally, it. Let me help you up. Yeah, and and I think from my point of view is, um, you know, I've always been one of those guys that um, if I can help someone that's sitting in front of me, I'll help them. If I can get, if I can share some some knowledge or you know, learnings that I've 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 had through my life, then then I will always pay it forward. And, um, you know, we've had many conversations, Sarah, you know, where I, we, we, we just talk about something that you're going through and I will quite gladly, you know, help you brainstorm that um, so, so you can get past that. So now that we're, we're, we're doing it specifically uh, for This Girl Is On Fire uh, and, and for women, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, when I was married, um, you know, we were we had a very immature relationship. We had a great relationship 80% of the time, uh, but we had a very immature relationship. And when I came out of it, I, I saw a counsellor for two and a half years and, you know, just working on being better, taking responsibility, understanding what I could have done better. Some things were obvious, some things weren't. And uh, and that just continues. And, and obviously, I just want to be a better husband with Andrea. I've also got two of my own daughters, I've got a stepdaughter, you know, I just want to be a better role model for them. And, uh, you know, that doesn't discount doing anything for men. But our focus with this girl is on fire is obviously the audience is women. And, and we just, when you can see people struggling, and you know that you, you just say this one thing, or get them to look in this one place. And it's like a, a light bulb moment. It's like, you know, a magic pill. Oh my God, why would you not want to do that? You know, and we get to do that day in, day out. I've got some coaching calls later on today, and I'm so excited because it's actually, they've gone off to do something. And now we're going to start talking about how they got on, you know. And uh, sometimes, like we say, because you're in it, you can't see it. But when you're out of it, it's like, oh, have you just tried that? Really? That's imp- and that's it. And then you watch them go. 
it's just it's just it's, it's actually greedy we just love it it just it just fills our cup I totally get that because you you've both been a huge support to me and Nick um you are one of the reasons that formidable over 40 and the I can methodology um came about because I think what happened was Andrew you'd started this girl is on fire blog and somehow I'd followed that and then suggested to you about some blogs I'd written, sent you them, you used them on your link. And then I can't remember how it happened, Nick, how we event, how you and I met, because it was about this girl's on fire and you encouraged me to put my story into a coaching program, into an online coaching program. But I can't remember how you and I connected that way. I think it might have been when you started Marketplace or something like that, that um, I can remember you, I think you must have contacted me about joining Marketplace and I hadn't considered, I was working through my own challenges at this point. So I was, I'd, I'd just finished developing that huge property project. My um, Simply Bows and Share Covers business was, was fronted by my franchisees. The pandemic had hit and I remember thinking, I'm 49. I don't feel like I've got a purpose. I'm hugely lost. I don't know what I want for the future. So I started working on myself as I had my businesses, however, how I'd built my businesses. I used the same methodology to work on me and I'd done that. And then you and I spoke and um, you encouraged me to put it into a coaching program. And um, it was something that you said to me that has always stuck in my head. And it was, you've got to surround yourself with like-minded people. That's what you said to me, because with, with, I'd stepped out of that working on the property project because it took four years, hard years of mine and my husband's time. And I disassociated myself from my network to, to work on this big project. And I suddenly finished it. And I was like, oh, where's everybody gone? Where is everyone? I don't have a network. I don't have anything that's relatable. I don't have a, a me too. Do you know what I mean? I don't have anyone I understand really. And, and that's what you said, go and find like-minded people. And I think this community that you're building and you, you, you've built is, is such a support, isn't it? Because I think a me too is really important. A me too, you know, to know that somebody else is feeling what you feel and has experienced or is going through what you might be going through. It's a huge comfort, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, well, from my memories, we, we started speaking over Instagram and then, and then I said, look, let, let's have a chat. And this was prior to the marketplace uh, happening because you were just like, if, if, if there's anything I can do, if this girl is on fire, I'd love to get involved in it. And, and then that's when the blog starts. And then, you know, I, I was interested to tell me a bit more about you. And, and that's when you started obviously telling your story. And and you were so dismissive of your story, you know. Oh well, anyway, that that's enough about me. Blah blah blah. Um, and it was like, well, hang on a moment, Sarah. That's a great story, right? You know, you have gone from here to here to here to here. There is some beauty in that in, in that um, in that message that you need to start sharing with people. And it was like. I don't think I said this to you at the time, but it's something that we use is your mess is your message. And it's important because there are so many people that that go through that um, and think that they're alone. And you had isolated yourself and, and given yourself this identity as this property development. And then when that finished, you were like, who am I? 
where do I sit? Where do I fit? You know, I've got this, 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 but also I shouldn't be moaning because I'm successful and I've got this, this, this. So, I, you know, it, it's, it's just coming into each other's lives at the right time and having those right conversations and, and you hearing the right things because you may have been told those things before, but they just came at the right time when, when we started talking and, you know, we had many conversations and, and I'm just super proud of you. We're both super proud of you to, to have even been part of your journey and to see, you know, how far you have taken this. And, uh, and we know that you're not stopping there. So, you know, we're, we're just glad to have even had a part in it. Well, I'm hugely grateful to have you in my lives. Very, very grateful. And of course, I'm writing, Andrea, that bloody book. That bloody <laughs> book. We're still at that stage now. It's it's not yeah, the book. It started Sarah. off as the the book. It started off as the book. Then we've been the bloody book. We're still the bloody book, and hopefully it'll be the book soon. <laughs> it will. So it will be a challenge. Come back to that, but it does. Yeah, going through the stage of oh, I, I want. I really want to write a book. Oh, I'm going to write a book. I'm writing a book. Oh, I'm writing a book. Oh, that bloody book. And then you'll come out the other side again. So yeah, it's all part of the process. Oh, I, I look. I look forward to that day. So. Coming back to you guys, you spend so much time together. You work together, you live together, your parents together. How do you basically make it work? How do you make it work? Um, I think what makes it work is we both care equally about what we do. If it was lopsided, I think that would make it difficult because if one person is more invested um, in the business than the other, then it's wonky. If one person is more invested in the relationship than the other, then it's wonky. If one person is more invested in the parenting than the other, then it's then it's wonky. But actually, we are equally invested in all of those things that make up part of our our life, and we do talk about it twenty four hours a day. It is hard to draw a line. You know, I did an interview yesterday, and she said, "So, do you make time for a date night?" And um, I said to her. Kind of, not really, no. <laughs> because I know the answer should be, oh yes, absolutely, I ring fence my time and uh, we make time for date night. But the problem is, is when we have done date nights in the past before, we still end up just talking about work, which is brilliant when both of us are as passionate about you know what we're doing. But if the other one is me, all dressed up to the nines thinking, oh, you know, we're going something lovely. And then I'm like, seriously, you want to talk about this? It can get it can get quite tricky, but actually, those moments are quite few and far between because most of the time we are just so involved and engaged with it. You know, I think the biggest problem is I literally live with the Duracell bunny, and his batteries never run out ever, ever, ever. In fact, Duracell could come to him; they could come to him to be powered. If, if only I could just. <laughs> Switch him off. <laughs> he literally can keep going, 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 going. And I am a mere mortal, Sarah. I can't. You know, I I have amazing amounts of stamina and determination, and I'm a gritty woman, and I will keep going. For me, what lets me down actually is my health. I I'm not physically able to keep going as really as much as I used to be able to, and I hit a wall. And um, that that is what causes the biggest problems with us is that I find it more difficult to switch off than he does. I will just keep tinkering. And next thing you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm still just kind of tinkering. 
Whereas you're much better at going, yeah, I'm going to play golf. And he's off. And I'm like, how can you find time to play golf four times a week? Well, okay, not four, two, twice a week. Sometimes four. Um, you know, well, I'm still working. But actually, it's because I sometimes, you know, I put the laptop down. And because we now, we don't work from home. We live at work. That's the difference. We live at work. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you've gone off to play golf. And I'll think, right, I'll stop now. And Amy, that she's the only teenager left in the house now, she's busy with her friends. And I think, well, what else could I be doing? I might as well carry on working. So I, I know for me, I need to find other ways to stop. But in terms of us as a couple, it doesn't, it, we're, because we're both, we, you know, we're both into it. So it doesn't make any difference. I think, I, would you know what it wouldn't work? Is if it was only one of us doing this business because the other one wouldn't understand. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say, do we have date night? We used to. And the thing is, I think it goes in peaks and troughs. Yeah. You know, but two weeks ago, we had a date weekend when we went to Paris. You know, so we we do carve time out for ourselves and we do try and keep it in. Um, but we are all in in this business. You know, we've sold our home. Uh, we We owe no money. Uh, in this business well apart from ourselves you know (laughs) and and therefore you 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 can't just go i'm going to work monday to friday nine till five and and switch off because you know something critical happens over the weekend you 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 got to jump in and and we're very fortunate that the members of our team uh are freelancers as well so they're like what do you need you know so that's great but i think going back to what andrea says is is we are all invested in, in all our parts of our lives so when one is still tinkering or when it's still building or something like that we go right i've made dinner let's go and stop there's no like i made it last night you have to make it tonight you know there's there's a real flow mm. around it it just kind of happens it, doesn't it, it? it does. nobody nobody says anything it just sort of happens you know or or you know we go, okay, we actually have been working stupid. Let's take this time off. Let's have this day off. Or let's go, you know, we got Teddy, obviously the dog. Let's go for a walk to our local cafe. Let's go and chill out for an hour and a half, get some great food uh, and get some fresh air. You know, so we are obviously mindful because that's what we tell people to do. But you cannot, I say cannot. It's difficult to manage it consistently, always at the same time. And what you'll always, what you can find is if if every Wednesday night is date night, you then end up just doing it because it's Wednesday night is date night. So actually, you're better off exactly. uh, And then you lose a whole point of it. So you have to ebb and flow like life. Otherwise, it just becomes like pick, did that, Mm -hmm. pick, did that. So exciting. I believe there's something new on the horizon. What's next for This Girl is on Fire? Yeah, well, I mean, other than the fact that our, our app is going global, it's officially launching on the 4th of August and, and the podcast is now being released and going global. So that's very exciting. But in terms of, you know, we are setting the world alight in terms of This Girl's on Fire. But um, there is going to be another little corner of the universe that will be set alight. And it is? Uh, it's going to be This Guy is on Fire. And um, that's gonna, that's going to launch in September, and we we've always had it in the back of our mind. 
um, that we were going to do it because one of the things that became very, very obvious to us earlier on in the journey of this girl is on fire. Um, and it goes back to the statement that we were just saying there as a couple, you cannot have one person in a relationship working on their mindset, i.e. one having a growth mindset and the other one having a fixed mindset because, you know, you get that. And we've had that in a community, you know. Um, but one of the things is we've already had a lot of the female members saying, my husband would love to do this or my brother would love to do this or, you know, someone at work. Andrew did an interview this morning. You know, there were a few men in there. They're like reaching out going, brilliant, sign me up because it's needed. And all the problems per se, feeling stuck, you know, no purpose, overwhelm, anxiety. Or even just getting to a point in your life where you look around, you know, like we started at the beginning, Sarah, talking about, you know, oh, my gosh, I am not where I thought I would be. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that in itself is, is a definite uh, thing that we're seeing, certainly around a specific age group. Um, but men just go about it differently. They want to handle it differently. They don't want an app. You know, they don't want to sit in their community and go, well, I'm having a really bad day today. How about you? And, and that's the problem uh, that men go through. They, they almost isolate themselves because they wear a mask. And we all wear masks. But for some reason, you know, this mask is stuck on with ego. Uh, and it's very difficult to, you know, I had a conversation with a very successful guy yesterday, very successful guy yesterday. And uh, we were talking about the coaching that I'm going to be doing for men specifically in, in at his age group. Uh, not that we were having a conversation about that, but it, it, it led on to that. And he was just like, you know, you, you're so right, because even he feels he can't open up in a community or in a group because he's already seen as this person this identity is and must remain but the thing is that's his outward but inside he's struggling because he's still a human and he still has concerns problems you know and and that's what i'm loving you know is is finding the i suppose the, the nuances the nuances between the girls and the boys and how we can actually then create something that works for both but gives the same result but yeah, yeah exciting time you're right that it's very exciting and you're right because you need to have two people working together don't you it's it makes absolute sense to have you can't just have one person working at it and the other not so i think this is this will be a huge success a very exciting time for you um, Andrea, um, tell us about your time working in broadcasting and TV on Loose Women. What did you learn from your experiences that you've carried through to your current business? Um, well, gosh, so much. I mean, in terms of practical skill set, obviously, you know, I I interview women on a daily basis here. Uh, well, not actually men as well, but I interview people for masterclasses, all the experts and this sort of thing. I when I do the the group coaching sessions, in essence, it's presenting because you're talking and you know giving a giving a presentation. So obviously, those skills were honed over a quarter of a century. Um, so I brought those with me. But there was an interesting uh, question that was raised this morning. I, I I did this group event this this morning uh, for I I did a session called Being Brave in Business for a business community, and. 
one of the women there asked me, um, how do you how do you handle overwhelm? And was it something that you learned in broadcasting that you brought with you into the business world and what you do now? And I'd not thought about that before. And I realized actually, yes, um, you know, overwhelm is something that it 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 ebbs and flows. You in the same way that you, you know, we call this girls on fire gym for the mind, for the same reason that you don't go to a gym, do one set of six you know sit-ups and then woo we've got a six-pack and I'm all done you know you don't read one self-help book and then you don't know you overwhelms finished with so for me yeah I realized that 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 what I had learned to calm myself down in a situation where I'm about to step out you know in front of a live studio audience that has an incredible amount of energy to it step out in front of millions of people on on live television there's also a panel there as well. And anyone who's chaired a panel, and in essence, that's what I did was I chaired a panel for 13 years. There's an, there's an energy and there's a dynamic that comes to that as well. All the while, you know, listening to various crises that are happening in my earpiece because technical things are happening and things are changing. And yet all people at home can see is literally from the top of my head down to about my waist. And they're literally sitting with a cup of tea going, do you know, I really don't like her hair today. Nobody is really paying attention to to how much of a skill set you're bringing to the job. And sometimes the pressure of it all can be immense and overwhelming. And the skill set that I brought with me into working in business and and being a startup and, and everything else is grounding, is learning how to and, and I don't do it often enough and I do tend to just keep running until I hit a wall and I kind of squeak down it like that so sometimes I don't take my own damn advice um but it is it is learning to ground myself at times where I start to feel one who am I to think I can do this thing and two oh my gosh this is all getting on top of me I've taken on too much and I don't think I can and it's to just the first thing I just take my shoes off I, I love now that I do all my interviews now in bare feet. And I used to do it sometimes on loose. If there was ever a side camera, they'd notice I'd taken my shoes off. And if I had bare feet flat on the ground, instantly I felt like a connection to the earth and it would stabilize me. And then just take deep breath and remind yourself a few things. I'm in control of my breath. Slow down my heart. Slow down when everything is racing. Because what happens is you start to take shorter and shorter breaths. And you're not giving your brain enough oxygen. And there's a reason why you're starting to feel overwhelmed. It's normally, it's a physical thing, not a mental thing. You're not breathing enough. You're not getting enough air. So I would force myself to get enough air. And then finally, the thing that I brought with me is what is the worst that could happen? You know, the biggest fear that we have is, is embarrassing ourselves and looking stupid and people laughing at, ourselves, uh, laughing at us and trolls and, oh my gosh. I've experienced, I experience that every single day on, on the telly. And what I come back to every time is I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a doctor. There is not a patient lying in front of me where if I get this wrong, literally someone's going to die. I may die of embarrassment, but that is it. That is the worst thing that could happen. So chill. It's all okay. Yes, you might totally mess up. Yes, you might get this totally and utterly wrong. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It it really doesn't. And once you get your head around that, it makes you braver because that's the second thing that people ask me so much about is um, how could I do something that was so brave, which is to walk away from a 
a career that was a very successful career. I didn't walk away because it was finishing. I walked away right when it was going really well. How can I do such a brave thing? And it's it's helping people understand that brave, being brave is not the absence of fear. Being brave is is feeling the fear and doing it anyway, as Gloria Steinem that, that said that back in the day. You know, you will always feel afraid, but figure out a way to do it anyway. And that, I suppose, is what I've taken, taken with me. And, you know, weirdly, that goes back to our first question about being 15 and being bullied at school. And it is what it is. What can I do about it? Right, do that. And Nick, you've got years of experience working in businesses and being a founder. What inspires you to keep innovating? Um, these bills I keep getting sent. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's amazing how that stomach-clenching moment. Oh, it does, yeah, it's great. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I mean they help. The energy uh, that you bring. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I think going back to what I said earlier, it's just when you're involved in something like what we're involved in. And, you know, for a long while, we were building and giving and experiencing the sort of user experience without the financial rewards or anything like that. So now I'm actually at the point where I'm really excited, you know, that literally two weeks ago, we have a product to sell. We've been a business without a product because we've been working on it, we've been building it, we've been testing and measuring. And whilst I massively enjoyed that process, because I have learned so much, you know, I've never built an app before. But here we are, you know, what an amazing achievement. Uh, and also the feedback that we've had from it, the way it flows. Uh, uh, oh, my God, that was me, obviously, not just me, me and a team. But um, so that's great. But now I'm excited that we're at the turn where the real business side starts and we can go out there and we can start doing all the things that we've been talking about uh, and, and getting our app and our membership into hopefully millions of women around the world. And then the ripple effect that we will cause from that in their households and everything like that. So from a commercial point, I'm excited because one of our approaches is where we're speaking to large companies that either have a, uh, a significant female uh, employee um, or they have oh, lots... Num numbers of employees. Sorry, numbers of employees, yeah. And also, um, or where the business serves uh, a lot of women and where we might go, okay, well... You know, as a company perk, because every business now should be looking at the, their employees and be very, very on how they can help them with their, their mental health and their mindset, because obviously the ripple effect of that, if you've got uh, employees thinking great thoughts and feeling in a, in a great place, you know, the ripple effect is they're great staff, they're great members of staff to have. So we're looking at, you know, speaking to those companies that really do care about their their staff and really do care about their customers and partnering with them and, and either they buy a license and use our product or we do some sort of collaboration with them and that excites me because the conversations that we're having and the type of businesses that we're thinking about approaching you know 
this is something I haven't done in business. So actually, I'm really excited. And also the product that we're selling is something that I've never sold before as well. So that's that's what keeps me going in the energy. Um, yeah, I, I just I, this business is the most exciting business I've ever been involved with. Uh, it's been the most frustrating, um, but it is the most exciting because if I can be if I can be blunt from a commercial perspective, we've already spent all the money. We've already built it. You know, nine times out of 10, if you run a business and you set a product and you get 100,000 orders in, then that all of a sudden means you've got to get extra staff in, maybe a bigger factory and things like that, because you've got to service this 100,000 product order. But the difference is for us, whether we have one member or a million member, that the, the, the effort from us is already here. It's done. We've done it. And also we put you know, the same amount of love and care to one person as we do to a million people because we treat everyone as one. Yes. And so for us, it here's a here's a mask class, here's a funny gif, here's a whatever, you know, th there's a there's a warmth and humor to what we to what we do. It's it? it's conversational, it's mm. personable. Um, and we give the same amount of energy to, like I say, to whether it's one person or whether it's it's to millions around mm. the world. So yeah, like you said, it's not like we have to we make one and serve many rather than having to make mm. millions just try and get to everyone. Oh, definitely. You know, so it's Headspace, for example. If if you're aware of that app, Headspace, it's all about mindfulness. It's a fantastic app. And I know it's helped millions and millions of people around the world, but there are lots of companies that provide that for their staff right, as a benefit in kind. Because again, it's all about looking after your staff's mental well-being, especially after the last few years that we've been through, where everyone have really, you know, lost a piece of themselves, lost a lot of their life, and you know, asking themselves questions, and uh, and not everyone has those answers. So that that's what really excites me that we can genuinely have a positive impact on people around the world with with, with what they're struggling on. And that also happens to be a business that we're, we will generate revenue from. It's very, very exciting. The question I've got for you both is um, there could be many listeners listening who've got self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. Sat there thinking, well, I wish I could. But, you know, like you said, Andrea, the people say, oh, it's easy for them. It's this, it's that and the other. What, first of all, the question is, have you, either of you ever suffered from self-limiting beliefs? And if so, how did you overcome them? Well, I think there's a couple of things to, un to unpack there, Sarah. And I think, um, firstly, yeah, of course, you know, we're human beings and you still have those beliefs sometimes. <laughs> you know, with us, it's like when you techno technological, technological problems and you think, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> That's a limiting belief in technology sometimes, <laughs> rather than self-belief. But there's a couple of things, you know, and I'd be interested to hear if you feel the same or whether it's a, a different male and female perspective on this. Two things. Some people may champion you and go, yes, of course you can. And you might follow people on Instagram or are constantly putting out quotes going, no, you're a girl boss and you can do this thing. And da, da, da. You know what? Maybe you can't. Maybe you don't have it in you to do this thing. Maybe it is too much for you. 
that doesn't mean that you fail. It, it doesn't mean that, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be amazing like these people that I see. This thing that you're trying just might not be the right thing. And also, you need to look at what your levels are. What is amazing to you may not seem amazing to someone else. And this is something that I talk about all the time with the women in my community. You know, my goal is to make you feel empowered and feel great about yourself. And if that version of that means I'm going to get in my car and drive for the first time since the pandemic because I've become so agoraphobic and so fearful of, of, of driving or going to the shops because I'm so used to now being inside the house. That's amazing. That could be your level. It doesn't matter. So the first thing I would say, if you're feeling limiting beliefs, is ask yourself what you're comparing yourself to and what goals you are comparing your goals to. Because your goals are your goals. You don't have to have the same goals as everybody else. Yes, you may want to conquer the world in whatever sphere or what have you, and that's great. But be aware, if that is your goal, you're going to have to dig really deep. You're going to have to be resourceful. You're going to have to be consistent. You're going to have to be resilient. And you're going to have to keep going when not only is every obstacle placed in your path and you become more and more exhausted as you're trying to overcome them, you will run out of funds. You'll run out of enthusiasm. We say this all the time. Don't we? In that, if you want to set yourself goals, you need to self set yourself goals that you know you're going to want to hit, even on your worst day when you do not feel like it. It is really easy to set a goal when you're feeling great, when you're feeling amazing. You know, when you've got a glass of rose with ice in it, and you're sitting in the sun and thinking, "Do you know what? This is what I'm going to do in my life." No, you need to imagine how you're going to get through your your Wednesday, your boring Wednesday. And so that's what I would say really is, was maybe not the answer you're expecting in terms of, yeah, dig deep and we can all do it. Maybe you can't, but if you can't, that's okay. Yeah. I think the thing is, and, and again, what you were saying, there's a, there's a couple of things there. So have I ever suffered imposter syndrome? Yes. Um, I am suffering it right now. Are you? Knowing that I'm going to be launching this guy's on oh, fire. Oh, I know. Uh, and I am delaying He's stuff. So delaying, you know, so delaying. And just need to double check this, and just need to. You know, That's what he does. Check the tire pressure, and uh, he and fiddles all about things. and kicks the tires. And oh well, I'm not sure if. And I'm like, just do it. You know, but and, I'm more of a sorry. I'm more of a jump in. We'll fix it all later, sort of thing. And you're like, oh, but I haven't ticked every box, and I haven't quite coloured that bit in yet. And I'm like, screw it, jump. So that's why we were. I have got better on that. Um, but <laughs> but so there's there's been totally honest. Yeah, you know, because whilst I've been doing it, should we say, you know, fluidly for many, many years, now I'm actually putting a label on it and boxing it up and going, there you go. And also I'm charging for it. Whereas before I've given it freely, so it's been taken freely, and I know that I've helped. So it becomes a very different offering. So I think, you know, I'll I'll get through that because I know I'm good at I know I'm good at it. I know I can help. Well, Sarah, you know how good you are. He's done it with you. I was just gonna say I can absolutely confirm how good you are. So never mind kicking those tires, just kick on. Well, thank you very much, Coach. I'll take that. Um, but but I think it is important as well for the second part. So we all naturally feel it, right? You know, we, we had this conversation with you at your podcast, right? There is always something in our life where we will feel slightly that we can't do it or we're not good enough. So that's fine. 
But one of my favorite things I heard um, at some point this year, and it was from Jimmy Carr. And it's when he went to, um, he got into Cambridge uh, as a young man. And he's like, oh my God, I got into Cambridge. I am going to be the thickest guy there. Uh, and he thought, I'm not going to be good enough. What am I doing going there? But instead of allowing that to overwhelm him and become his identity, he then went, right, so what do I need to do so I'm not the, th the thickest guy there, right? So he read loads of books. He educated himself, you know, and he then became one of the smartest people there. And I think that's what we forget as, as individuals. When you're being asked to do something that you haven't done, right, or at a level that's slightly higher than what you're used to, it is not often you can go straight in, slot in, and be amazing. Okay? So understand that, first of all, and then look at what that gap is. And some of those things might actually just be in your head. Oh, my God, they're going to expect that. Actually, no, they don't. They just want you to do that. You know, so, so ask the right questions. But also, when you start looking at that gap, then start going, what is it that I need to do to get there? So prime example. Um, let's let's talk about golf because I love golf. So I started this year as a 19 handicap and I wanted to go to an eight handicap because I know I can, right? But I've never got there before. So I can sit there and go, oh, I'm never going to make it. I'm not good enough. And trust me, I say that after certain games, right? But what I do is look at where my, my gaps are in my game and I practice better. But also I practice. I can't keep turning up doing the same thing, thinking that overnight something's going to change, right? And I'm going to be able to knock it out of the park. You have to practice better. And I think that's what Jimmy Carr is referring to when he educated himself. He just made sure he read the right books and he educated himself. So then that imposter syndrome diminishes because it's only that lack of confidence you have of doing something or thinking you can do something, by the way, that you've probably never done, Right. So actually that we, sh we all have imposter syndrome, but you can get through it and you just mm -hmm. got to ask yourself the right questions, identify where that gap is and what you need to do. Can I jump in and add something to, to that as well? There's a, a really good friend of ours uh, is a life coach called Pete Cohen. Now, I worked with Pete for 25 years or so on and off professionally, personally. Um, I've been to see him just up, sound, sound amount of things. And when he talks about anything that's to do with whether it's uh, limiting beliefs or, or imposter syndrome, like we were speaking about here, the, the best analogy that, that he gives is that when you're, the, most of the time when you're asked to do something that you've never done before, the first thing you feel is like imposter syndrome or a lack of self-belief. But exactly like Nick said, you know, picking up on what Jimmy Carr was saying is that, that, okay, what is the gap and how can I fill it? What do I need to do? But to add to that is also, you haven't allowed for the discomfort. It's not going to be comfortable when you do something that you've never done before. And to expect it to be so is lunacy because you, and the, and the best way to, to think about that is tonight, try and brush your teeth with the other hand. Oh my gosh, it's like you've never brushed your teeth in your whole life. It, it is the hardest thing in the world. It feels all wonky and it feels all really strange. 
But anyone who's ever broken their wrist or fingers and has had to swap around and learn how to brush their teeth with the other hand, at first it is impossible, then it becomes uncomfortable. And then as Pete Cohen says, you then become unstoppable because then you learn to do that thing. And if you get to a point where you think, I can't do this, again, what I tell my community is, think back to a time where there was something that you didn't know how to do. You, it'll, you'll struggle to do this because there'll be something that you're so good at, you don't even think about it. You don't even think about it. Could be driving a car, could be riding horses. It could be whatever it is. It scared the bejesus out of you at the beginning. And now look at where you are. You just do it without even thinking. You've done it before. You can do it again. You've just forgotten about the uncomfortable. That's where I went. Very good. Thank you very much. It's not me. It's it is fantastic. That is, well, Pete Cohen, thank you very much. That is fantastic <laughs> advice. Um, thank you. We are coming to the end of the interview. And honestly, I just can't thank you both enough for so many things, but notwithstanding joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Can we? Nick suggested this to me. I'm going to make sure that you get the credit for this, Nick. Paying it forward. I do listen to what you say. So I'm going to throw it back at you. What is the biggest piece of advice you would give to other people embarking on a journey of reinvention or finding a new direction? You go first, because it was your clever idea. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much, Sarah. Um, and also, it's been a, been a pleasure being here with you today. Um, I, I, I think the thing is... Um, you just got to, going back to what Andrew was saying there a, a bit earlier on about, you know, doing setting goals and everything like that when you're motivated, when you're sitting on the beach somewhere with a glass of wine and everything's great. If you are making a decision where you're making a big change and you're going to pivot, reinvent yourself, all these words that you can use, right? Um I think you really do, you really need to understand your why and it has to be compelling. And I and the reason I say compelling cuz oh I want to live in a bigger house. Mm, you know, that's not compelling enough when it's raining outside and life's horrible and and you don't want to get up. You know, that's not compelling enough. You need to dig down and say why? 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 and go down several layers. So then you remind yourself, right, what it is you're, you want to do, and, and it becomes a solid foundation for why you're doing it. Because here's the thing, life will throw you curveballs and everything else. And also it will throw you temptations. And those temptations, right, will make you on a daily basis potentially give up what you want in three, four months, six months, a year's time, for what's in front of you today. And that's why it needs to be compelling enough. Like, you know, it's like the people that are on a diet, but there's a piece of cake in front of them today. Just losing weight, just because you want to, is not compelling enough for everyone to actually get and hit their goal. That's why most people fail at diet, right? There isn't a big enough why. Therefore, it's so much easier to get that instant gratification and eat that cake. So just make sure you understand why you're doing it. Go down several layers 
and make it so it you become unstoppable. There is nothing stopping you from getting there. No bit of cake, no whatever. You are getting up because you're going for that goal in six months, a year's time. You are changing your life because, and it is it cut you in half. It is it, it, it's through you, and and that's it. So just just work on your why. Yeah, I think for me, what I would add to that is whilst obviously if you are if you are making big plans and you are you know you've decided to be to be bold clearly you will have already had your your vision board you will have already written down what your success markers are and you know your goals and the things that you're aiming for which are all great and they're all important and they're all you know, very very necessary but what i would also add to that which might sound very negative but something we we do regularly is you have to also factor in and build a blueprint for failure. As much as you build a blueprint for success, you have to look your fears and failures in the eye. And whilst that might not seem very kind of Hollywood movie montage in terms of your success story, you know, which if you think about it in a movie is um, they kind of downplay the hard bits and it's you looking jolly with a pen stuck in your bun and your hair while you're just chipping through, you know, making things work. You need to look in the face of the things that are frightening you because it's the equivalent of shining a torch under the bed and, and, oh, it's not a monster, it's just a tennis ball. Because if you don't look at what you're afraid of, it will, it will be holding you back because you'll be too scared to face it. But once you've written down, right, okay, what's, the, what's this one obstacle that I could face? This, jot it down. What will I do when I face that obstacle? Write that down. Brilliant, you now have a blueprint for failure. What is it you call it, if then what? If, when, then. If, when, then. Exactly. Yeah. So if... If, when this happens, then I will. So that, that, that's what you have. It, it, it's, it's not my method. I won't claim any mm. uh, but it's called an if, when, then. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's quite right. It, it, it's working on... It's so important that you have to look. If it doesn't go right, what would we do? Because then you're ready for it. And whilst mm. you don't want that, you know, what you can't do, is do that and ignore it. But also, just to finish off, you know, enjoy the process. If if, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, right, then then have a look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. Got to be fun. Got to be fun. Honestly. It's fun, isn't it? It's, it's fun what we do, isn't it's it? Gotta be fun. Yeah, it's got to be fun. It's got to be It's got to be fun. But, you know, even, even going back to that 80-20 rule, 80-20 rule, if it is fun, more times than it is not you're on the right track or if it even fun might not be the right word but if it's just if it's enjoyable and, and you have moments you think it was that was productive that was good i enjoyed today or you know i made progress today uh, rather than every day literally in a puddle head banging the desk thinking oh my gosh something you need to change something because you cannot keep that up forever you know willpower is not going to be enough to get you through definitely and we know that. Andrea, Nick, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having us and best of luck with everything that you're doing. You're amazing. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Just keep being you. You're awesome. <laughs>